mighty and powerful name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, all those of you who have come here, a special welcome. This is the Go Center family and we are enjoying the presence of God, we are enjoying the goodness of God every single day. But I want to welcome also those of you who are joining us on television today and I want to ask the Go Center family to give you a very, very special welcome as we are beginning this service. Thank you so much. Please settle down and listen to the Word of God. Please don't go away. What is coming your way is really important for all of us. If you have a child or children, or if you plan to have a child or children, then this message is for you. And uh, I believe it is a very, very timely and important message which God has for us. We are still studying the Word of God under the umbrella theme of family under attack. And today I'm going to talk about preparing a good inheritance. Preparing a good inheritance for our children, our grandchildren, and the people who are going to come after us. So let us turn to the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, chapter 3, verse 6, rather. Ephesians, chapter 3, verse 6, the Bible reads... And this is God's plan, both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are part of the same body and both enjoy the promise of blessing because they belong to Christ Jesus. Then I want to... Um, Read from Proverbs chapter 13, verse 22. Proverbs 13, 22. And the Bible says here, good people. And I hope all of you can classify yourself as good people. All right? Praise God. Good people leave an inheritance to their grandchildren, but the sinner's wealth passes on to the godly. And Romans 8 verse 17 says, Now if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share his glory. Praise the Lord. One more scripture and then we want to pray that God will really open up our eyes and our hearts for his word. And this is found in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 12 verse 28. Just one verse, Deuteronomy chapter 12 verse 28. The Bible says, be careful to obey all my commands. Once again, be careful to obey all my commands so that all will go well with you and your children after you. Because you will be doing what is good and pleasing to the Lord your God. Praise God. Let us pray. Lord, we fully understand that we need you in our life. We are aware, Lord, that without you, we cannot make a living meaningful and rich as you want it to be. Lord Jesus, I thank you that your word has the answers which the world doesn't have. That your word 
is giving us enlightenment and understanding which we cannot find anywhere. Lord Jesus, I thank you that your word is our foundation on which our family can rest strong even in the most severe circumstances we may face in this world. I want to pray, Lord Jesus Christ, that as we are listening to your word, that you open up our hearts, that you speak to us, Lord, that we realize our calling in God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Today I want to speak about inheritance. And I'm sure everybody would love to have an inheritance. If you are not so fully conversant with inheritance, I'll try to uh, talk a little bit about it. But shortly, let me just say that. You know, um, God wants that the blessings of a father and a mother are passed on to their children. Okay, God does not want you to just receive the blessings and absorb them yourself and be selfish and keep them to yourself, but God wants your blessings to pass on to your children and to your grandchildren and those who are coming afterwards. Now, for that to happen, of course, you may say, well, it is obvious, uh, you know, when I, I'm, I'm gone, they will take over. Well, I think we all realize it's not that obvious, and that's why we need to talk about it. Now, the Bible talks about inheritance very, very clearly. The divine plan is that God will bless the children through their parents. And this is an ongoing chain of blessing which is supposed to continue down the generations. Unfortunately, it's not always happening. And I want to really uh, bring out what God has to say about that issue. Now, first of all, I want to say beware of the inheritance which you are passing on to your children. All right? Uh, of course, most of us, we know that inheritance you receive after parents have died and the will is being opened and uh, it is read in the presence of the whole family and then everybody will receive what the, the parents have decreed in the will which they have written when they were alive. But I want to tell you that we are inheriting things to our children even while we are still alive. Whether you like it or not, you are passing on things. You are passing on values. You are passing on ideas. You are passing on behaviors to your children because they are watching you very clearly. You know, children must learn everything and they are so conditioned that they are always eager to learn. And of course, the role models, the earliest role models in any house are parents. Alright? So children will learn from their parents. Children will look what is going on in the lives of their parents. And so let's understand that whatever we do, we will see our children do in the future. You know, some parents, especially fathers, they get very mad with their children because they are behaving in certain ways. But could it be that what you are seeing is just the mirror of yourself? 
And that's why you are getting so mad because you realize this is me, but why is he doing the same? So we must be very, very careful to fully understand what we are passing on to our children. You know, every one of us passes on certain values and certain virtues as long as well as defects which are found in our lives long before we die, when we are still even young. You know, you may have just started a family and maybe one, two children have come uh, your way and there they are and you're still young and already you are passing on an inheritance to your children. So make sure that whatever you pass on is something you can be proud of in future. For those of you who are not married, look at your behavior even now. Make sure that what you want to pass on to the next generation is something you can be proud of. And that's why we need to learn to condition ourselves according to the word of our gods. So parents, if you want to be sure that what your children or the way your children behave, then make sure that you're passing the right thing, that you are showing them the right behavior, then you will not be disappointed in the future. God calls parents to be role models. And every single one of us needs to be a role model in order to pass on a powerful inheritance to the children. I've talked about that in the past, but I want to just read once again from the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 5, starting from verse 7 up to verse 10, because it's such an important concept which the Word of God gives to us. Deuteronomy, chapter 5, verse 7. For those of you who are not familiar with the Word of God, Deuteronomy is in the Old Testament. Okay? It's the fifth book in the Bible. Some also call it the fifth book of Moses. Okay, the Bible reads here, you must not have any other gods but me. You must not make for yourself an idol of any kind or an image of anything in the heavens or on the earth or in the sea. You must not bow down to them or worship them for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God who will not tolerate your affection for any other gods. I lay the sins of the parents upon their children. The entire family is affected. Even children in the third and fourth generation of those who reject me. But I lavish unfailing love for a thousand generations on those who love me and obey my commands. Praise God. Hey, that's good news. Well, there's also a bit of sad news there, but there's good news, okay? And I'm going to come back to the sad news. If this has affected you, I will tell you how to come out of that curse. But I want to tell you that when we are going to worship God, it will have an effect on our children. If we walk rightly with our God, then our children will be blessed as a result of it. You know, uh, I think we see this in everyday life in our society. Have you noticed that, you know, certain people have a bad name, okay? Just think about the name right now. Maybe a name comes to your mind and you know this person or this family has a bad name. 
Or maybe think about another family who you look up to and you know these people have a good name. Isn't it true? You know, why do people get a bad, bad name? It's because, of course, they have done things which are a disgrace. Maybe they have stolen, maybe they have lived in a, in a way which was uh, not right, you know. Uh, whatever the case may have been, you know very well how to make a bad name. And if a family has a bad name, the children will inherit the bad name as well. You know, I know of children who say, I don't want to go to the school where I stay because everybody knows me there. So they would rather go very far where nobody knows them so that the bad name is not following them. So understand, we are inheriting something to our children which can be good or which can be bad. We should beware of what we are going to pass on to our children. And that is in motion even right now. You know, if you have a child, if you have children, you are passing something on to them. The question is, what it is? What is it that you are passing on? Beware. You are giving something to your family, to your children, to the next generation, or to your grandchildren if you have them. Now, let me come to the second point, and I want to talk about that because it's really very, very important. Please listen to me. Development is linked to inheritance. I say that again. Development is linked to inheritance. I think it is very important for us to learn to help our children to continue from where we have left or from how far we could go, help our children to go beyond where we have been able to go. Take pride in seeing your children reach greater heights than you have been able to reach. Now, here I want to just pause a little bit and talk about the very bad habits which we still have too much around in our nation, and that is property grabbing. It is something I am proud to say it is illegal in the country, but despite the fact that it is illegal, people still do it. And people still do it all over and everywhere, even in the church. Let me tell you, development will be stifled, will just not happen because people grab property. You know, the property grabbing issue is not even a, 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 a good uh, or it's not even a, a, a historical, uh, well-documented tradition. It has to have some meaning. There are some, some good ideas where, where uh, at the foundation of the property idea, in order to help others to take care of their family, you know, especially in villages and so on. But what has happened today has become a trait to destroy the wealth of the nation. Are you with me? And I know what I'm talking about. I'll try to explain. Have you ever asked yourself, why is it that families of uh, different descent, you know, European, Asian, American descent, they seem to become wealthier and wealthier all the time. While the people of the land are just not going anywhere. 
Have you ever asked yourself? Now, I know there are lots and lots of very well-to-do families, but I want to challenge you. Ask some of the people who at one time, maybe 20 years ago, were very wealthy and where they are today. Some of them have dis disappeared completely. I want to tell you, some of the businesses I've seen coming up in the last 20, 30 years have disappeared because the owner died. And what happened next was that the, all the relatives descended on the nice business which was there and destroyed it completely. That's a reality. You see, we are supposed to pass on what God is giving to us. And our children are supposed to continue building from where we left. I know this is uh, uh, interesting ground I'm treading on, but uh, I hope you are, you, are, you are bearing with me. I'm not trying to be offensive to anybody, but it is a fact. It is a very clear fact. And not something which has happened 50 years ago, but which is happening today. And I see it over and over again. This year alone, I have seen so many so-called relatives who have never invested into the family, who have never done anything to their children, but they are coming to take away from the children whatever they can. What a shame. This has to stop. It has to come to an end. You see, it is not happening by, in the families of uh, Asian origin. That's why they're doing well. From one generation to another generation, they're building their families. Look at it. Look at the businesses of people of foreign descent. Why is it that they are so prosperous? Is it that they are blessed and we are not blessed? No, it's not the case. In fact, I've seen many, many good upcoming Powerful companies who at one time have reached great heights, but then went right down because maybe the leader, the founder, died and everything was, you know, distributed amongst the family. And you know, let me tell you, when you distribute wealth amongst people who have not worked for it, they are going to destroy it. That's why you need to pass on the wealth which God has given to you to your children who have a bonding to you, who have a relationship with you, who have an interest in your estate. You understand? Because you are of the same flesh and blood. You know, I've seen sad situation where an uncle takes a child, not because of the child, but because of the property. And once the property is under the hammer and sold, then the child is languishing in a terrible situation. And we have to cause, call a spade a spade. This must stop. And it must begin in the house of God. When you study history, you will see that all the, 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 the you know, big conglomerates you see in the world today, most of them, most of them started as a family business. 
I could give you a lot of names, but let me just give you two or three names. You might have heard of those names. For instance, Bosch. Have you heard of Bosch? You know, ladies have got Bosch washing machines, some of you. Uh, or if you are looking into a, into a car, there's almost no car in the world where there is no technology of Bosch. Even if it doesn't say Bosch, but they were, they were licensing other companies to use their technology. There's almost no car in the world. Cars today, they are running on Bosch technology. Do you know that Bosch was a human being? It's not just a name. It was a man who started inventing uh, certain things, and then after he died, he passed it on to his children, the next generation and the next generation. And that is how the business became very big. Now, today it's a huge conglomerate, a huge business. And I could tell you others, like Siemens, for instance. I'm sure you have heard of Siemens. It's a big, big conglomerate today, but it started with one man. Or some of you, you are dreaming of a Porsche sports car. Okay, Porsche was a man who began to design cars. And today, the family is very, very wealthy, very rich, because, you know, the old man passed on to his next generation, and they are to the next generation, and today they are doing very, very well. You see, this is what you call development. Are you with me? You are not developing anything if you are building today and tomorrow somebody comes and kicks everything into pieces again. And that is exactly what is happening when property grabbing goes into motion. You know, whatever has been built is being destroyed and being put into pieces. And everybody eats the pieces and nobody cares for the value which is being destroyed. Are you with me? You know, this is really important. And I tell you, we are not going to become a developed nation if we are not dealing with this issue. Now, of course, you are seeing a lot of developments happening, and praise God for that, Zambia is really moving forward. But I want to challenge you that if we are not changing our habits, then the development will not be very much meaningful. I've seen people building mansions, but their, ch their, their, their children never moved into those, those mansions after they died. But somebody else took it all over, and somebody else is benefiting, often people who have not worked for anything at all. And then things are being destroyed at a fast rate. So understand the way we are living and the way we are handing over what God has blessed us with is very important. Now let me tell you, greedy people, they don't want to pass things on. They always want to hold things to themselves. Greedy people don't even want to see their children blessed. Now, you may say that is not true, but I can tell you it is true. Just look around in our society. You will find some very rich, very well-to-do people who have failed to make a will, even so they knew they would die soon. And then after they are dead, you know, because they didn't make a will, 
they are beginning to fight with each other. How sad. It shows that these people were greedy. They are thinking I can take my wells with me into the grave. But it doesn't work that way. Let me give you something to think about. Okay? One of the most blessed and, 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 and rich person in the world was Job. Let's turn to the book of Job. Chapter 42, verse 14. Job 42, verse 14. Now, you can read the whole chapter when you have time, but I want to just start from verse 14 up to verse 16. And the Bible says he, he named his first daughter Shemaima, the second Kezia, and the third Karen Harpuk. In all the land, no women were as lovely as the daughters of Job. Hey, that's good, eh? Just in case you think uh, the Bible is only talking about, about uh, the sons. No, here you have a good uh, example that uh, the Bible talks about the daughters. So these were beautiful daughters. But I'm not reading it because they were beautiful daughters and they were lovely. You know, but I want to tell you how the father blessed them. Okay, the Bible says here, and their father, that is Job, put, into, put them into his will along with their brothers. So the brothers were also there, okay? Only that they were not as beautiful. That's why they are not mentioned. Beauty is the, is the domain of the ladies, all right? Congratulations, ladies. Okay, so the, their father, Job, put into his will, along with uh, the brothers, all his daughters, to make sure that when he would be gone, they would take over. They would get their share of the blessings which Job had received from the living God. That's the way we should do it. In fact, in the, uh, new, living, in the new International Translation, it says, uh, the inheritance Job gave to his daughters and to his sons. Okay? I'm asking you, father, mother, have you written a will? If not, I must tell you, that is very dangerous. You're saying, oh, I'm still young. Well, life is not in your hands. You better write a will. Or you say, I don't have anything. Well, you don't know. Tomorrow it may change. Because God is a blessing God. Okay? God has given you a responsibility to pass on whatever He has given to you to your children. That is a divine concept. It's something which God has decreed in His words. And we should not neglect to think about that. You know, people who are refusing to write a will, to me, they are just greedy people. Okay? But I want to tell you, your coffin is too small to carry all your properties. I don't want to shock you, you know. But we all are living one day, you know. We are all living. Of course, every generation hopes that we are not going to die, you know, that Jesus will come first. But if he doesn't come, then the coffin will not accommodate anything else apart from you 
with your very basic clothing, you know? So be good to your children. Otherwise, they might even put you without anything in the coffin. <laughs> so let's follow the example which Job has given to us. Make a will. And do it soon. You know, uh, my wife and I, we, we went to uh, the lawyer and uh, we made a will when we were just married. We didn't have anything. We didn't even have children. And you may say, how foolish can you be to make a will when you don't have anything? Well, it's not foolishness. It is just wisdom. You understand? Now, our will is very simple. Okay? Our will is that whoever passes on first will give everything to the to the, to the partner who is still alive, to the spouse who is still there. So if I die, everything which, which I have will be my wife's. Okay? And, you know, the one who is surviving will now decree what the children will have. And that we have also written down. So it's very easy. For us, no problem, you know. Even if God calls me tomorrow, or if he calls both of us tomorrow, everything is, is written. What happens if you go? You know, I'm not scared of leaving, you know, because I know where I'm going. You know, I'm not worried about, about dying because dying means to go into a better world. So this is something we need to talk about. And if you just open the, the, the news, you will hear three people have died just yesterday in an accident. And they were never thinking of, of, of dying, never. But it is something which happened. Nobody knew that. Praise God we are here today. Praise God we are able to taste the grace and the goodness of God today, you don't have a guarantee. And you have to be responsible to take care of your children. Even if you are not around anymore, you need to make sure everything is going to go well with them after you are gone. You say, oh, my, 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 my relatives will take good care. Hmm... Be careful. You know, I think we have all seen relatives behaving like ferocious animals, you know. Sorry to say that. But it's a fact. When it comes to money, you know, some people forget everything else. Oh, they know there's a car somewhere parked somewhere. You know, they will find that car for which they have never even bent their finger. You want them to have your car? You know, those lazy guys who you had to feed to survive? <laughs> Think again. Just because they are older than your children, they are going to, you know, push themselves on them. No, that should not happen. You know, let's use wisdom. And I tell you, I've made my will more than 20, 25 years ago, and I'm still alive. Praise the Lord. Just to make a will doesn't mean you're expecting to die tomorrow. No. In fact, I'm expecting to live another 30 years, minimum. But it doesn't matter. The will is there. You understand? 
You know, some people think this is Dapu. You can't talk about it, you know, because making a will means, you know, as if you are going to go tomorrow. No, I don't know. Nobody knows. But making a will is just a good thing to do. The Bible says Job lived 140 years, but he made a will. He lived long, longer than all of us. But he made sure that he decreed of what is going to happen with his property. Now, let me make it clear. There is more to inherit than just property. Of course, property is where usually people fight over, isn't it? But there is much more that we inherit than just money or just, you know, possessions or houses or cars or things like that. And uh, these things, as I said earlier on, are passing on to our children even while we are still very much alive. Now, let me give you a few things. Number one, a good reputation is a very good inheritance. And I want to encourage you, leave your children with a good reputation. You know, leave your children enjoying the standing which you have in society. You know, it is a shame when children have to walk hiding themselves so that they are not recognized. Don't be somebody like that. There are certain people in society, unfortunately in every society, even in ours, who are, you know, marked and everybody seems to look down at them because of the bad things which their name is associated with. So, dear parents and parents-to-be, make sure that you are going to give a good reputation to your children. And for you to let your children inherit a good reputation, you have to live a life of very high standing. An honorable position in society does not come by accident. It comes by people doing the right things. And it doesn't matter where you live. It doesn't matter whether you are living in, 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 in an area where there are mansions or whether you are living in a compound where there are just very basic housing facilities. It doesn't matter. You know, living with a good reputation can be done anywhere. And it is done anywhere. You can go into any community, I challenge you. Even in the communities where there is very low income. But I can, I can assure you that even there you find people with good standing. People with a good reputation. Where everybody knows this is a good man. I remember so well from the village where I grew up in. And I grew up in a village. Small village. You know, I, I didn't feel good when I grew up because my village was not only a small village, but even in the name it says small village, you know, small. <laughs> you know, my, the name of my, our village was Klein Sachsenheim. Klein means small. Okay? Later on it was being united with Great Sachsenheim, you know, the big Sachsenheim. But still, in my passport it says Klein Sachsenheim, which means small. Now, as a child, I said, ah, this is not good. Bad reputation. You understand? But there, 
what could I do? You know, this is, this is the way it was. But you know, as I grew up, it was a small community, a small village. Almost everybody knew everybody. And there were people, you met them, you stood and greeted them nicely. And there were other people, you just, mm. <laughs> you know, you just walk the other direction, you know, just because nobody wanted to associate with them because of their lifestyle. So, once again, a good reputation, a good position in society does not come by accident. It comes by hard work, by investment, by effort. I said there is more to inheritance than just money. A second or third thing, which I want to mention here, I mentioned good reputation, an honorable position in society. I want to say a support network or a supportive network of friends and relatives is a great inheritance. Okay? I'm not bashing relatives, just in case you think. You know, relatives can be great. And I have uh, great respect for good relatives who are here to support. I have got some of the greatest supporters of mine who are my relatives. And I thank God for that. It's wonderful, you know. And I hope you are leaving your children some friends and some relatives who are not trying to grab what, they, what, what you have, but who are supporting them when they are continuing from where you leave things. It's very important. So think of the friends you have. You know, will they be an asset to your children? I can assure you, if you have only friends who are you're drinking together with, they will not be good friends to help your children go anywhere. Because once you're not there to give them some, some liquid, they will find somebody else. So we need to make friends. You know, friends, is very, uh, friends are very important. We need to make friends to create a network of supporters for our family, whether we are there or not there. We need to have some relatives who we work together and who we are very honest with. And we should make this thing clear. You, when I'm not there anymore, please, you don't come and take anything from my, from my children, but you come and help them. And why should adults steal from children? That's the worst crime you can ever imagine. You know, adults are there to support children. Another inheritance we can give to our children is a good education. You know, if you are worried that you have nothing to give your children, I'm telling you, you can give your children a lot. Even if you have got no monetary things to give, you can still give them a lot. Help them to get a good education. Help them to sharpen their skills. You may say, well, I don't have money to send my children to university. Then do what you can do to help them to sharpen their skills. And they may be able to go further than you think they will be able to go. Because good education is not just a question of money. 
It's a question of priority. You know, what is really important to you? What do you want your children to gain in life? And so make sure that you help your children to invest greatly into their lives. What is equally important, it may fall under education, but I don't want to lump it together with education because education, we think about school, and that's important. But you know, training the minds and the values of your children is even more important. Training your children to be responsible citizens who are going to be responsible with whatever you put into their hands is very important. Because you don't want to have children, they just wait for you to die and then squander everything you have. No, your children must be trained. Must grow up to appreciate what you have built in your lifetime. And when they are finally given some of that wealth, which is probably shared between all the children, then they will be able to take it and run with it and even multiply it. You may ask, why are there so many rich people in Europe? It's not because they are so clever. It's just because they inherited a lot. That's a fact. It can be proven. And unless we are also going to pass on the blessings to those who are responsible with those blessings, we'll never see the level of development which we see it in some parts of the world. So we have to begin with that now. We need to groom our children to be responsible for living. Responsible with the things you give into their hands. Don't give your children too much too early. Let them learn to be responsible. You know, give them little by little and increase it bit by bit. Because one thing you should never do, you know, if you have got too much wealth, don't give it all to your children because they become lazy. Okay? Then invest it into the kingdom of God. All right? It's a much more wise decision. It is a fact that children who are given too much are not using their brains. If you look at some of the rich people, and I can even mention some names because these are people who are in the public domain, you know, like Bill Gates. Bill Gates is such a rich person that you can't even think of the riches which he has. Okay? But he decided not to give everything to his children. Or has he a child or children? I don't know. Anyway. But he said, I'm going to my children only 10 million or whatever it is, and the rest I will give into foundations in order to help the people, you know, who are suffering of HIV, AIDS, and other diseases. And that's what he has done. That's very commendable. Because he said, I don't want my child to just be spoiled by money. Okay? So if God gives you so much more than you think is wise to give to your children, you know, donate it. And this is a, a very important uh, uh, branch which needs to be developed. What the, the, the people in the West call it philanthropy, you know, where you give money away. 
But of course, for us who are children of God, we know that the kingdom of God is the best, ad the best address to send your money to. Amen? I'm, I'm sorry to say, a lot of people have not learned that lesson yet. Okay? But you see, the Bible tells us that we should sow into the kingdom of God. So don't just keep everything to yourself and then your relatives are going to squander it. Or don't even keep everything if God blesses you richly. Don't keep everything and then give it to your children. They may become lazy and then they will squander their life. No, make sure that you are wise with the things God has given to you. Amen? I hope this is good advice. And I tell you, it's very godly advice. It's the, what the Bible says. The Bible says, don't give too much to your children, you know, because then they will become lazy. It's found in the word of God. But give your children enough good stats if you can afford that they can make it well in life and can continue building from where you left. That is what, what we call development. You see, it's a shame when we are waiting for investors to come from abroad and then invest into our countries. Eventually, these people will disappear with everything they have brought in, plus what you have made them to have. And you just need to open the newspapers to prove the point, you know. You don't have to go very much uh, backwards in the newspapers to find out that this is what is happening under our nose. But you know, people who are the owners of the land, if they invest, they are going to stay. And if these businesses are growing, they are going to be a real blessing to the nation. You know, no investor is a, is a, is a philanthropist who will just give away everything. You know, a lot of these companies, of course, they're doing community projects, but all of that is just meant to make themselves a good name, to make more money. You understand? I'm not putting anybody down. You understand? I praise God for everybody who's doing something. It's good. But sometimes it's just too little what these big conglomerates are doing. Just too little to put sand into our eyes to make us think they're doing something when really what they're doing is just nothing. Compare it. You know, you always have to compare what they're doing to the community and what kind of profit they make. And if the profit is like this and the community work is like this, then you know something is wrong here. Okay? We are citizens. And so we need to be critical. Look at things with open eyes. Not negative. I'm not saying we must be negative. We must understand that this is a challenge to us then the people of Zambia to start building businesses which are going to stay in the country and which every generation continues building after block after block after block. You understand? That is development. Uh, a few years ago, I think maybe 10, 15 years ago now, there was a, a very upcoming business, a, a business which made a name for itself in um, in, in a service industry, it was really a, a, a joy to look at that business. Unfortunately, the man died in an accident, and after he had died, the business completely disappeared. Completely disappeared. How sad. 
Yet there were children, there was a wife, but nothing uh, remained from that business. That should not happen anymore. I want you young people and even people my age, all right, whatever you think about uh, my age, you know, uh, I want you to build businesses, successful businesses, and then make sure that these businesses remain long after you are gone, they will continue to thrive. That is development. Not waiting until somebody comes from somewhere and puts money here and then one day he changes his mind and takes all the money plus, plus, plus and goes back again. That is not development. All right. Today I'm challenging you. Did you notice that? All right. I think this is what we need. We need challenges, all right? So remember, there is more to inheritance than just money. The greatest inheritance are the blessings which we receive from our gods. And let me tell you, the good living of parents will bless the next generations, the next generations. And the Bible says, you know, but I lavish unfailing love for a thousand generations on those who love me and obey my commands. Hallelujah. So godly living is the best thing you can do for your children, your grandchildren, and those generations coming afterwards. Hallelujah. Amen. So in case you are saying, I've got nothing, I've got uh, no money, I've got no means, no anything, then live a godly life and your children will be blessed. And that you can do. It's a choice. It's a choice. We have got a free will. Now, the Bible says that we are children of the Most High. And as we are children of the Most High, we are also heirs of God's. In other words, we are getting an inheritance from our gods. Now, understand that an inheritance of values, of certain values, though, does only come after the death of the parents. But you know, Jesus died for our sins. And the will of God was opened. Praise God. The will of God was opened. And it has decreed that we should be co-heirs with Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. That we should be blessed and that we should go from level to level, from blessing to blessing, from strength to strength, from wonderful living to a greater blessing yet to come. Hallelujah. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 that God has blessed us with all the spiritual blessings in the heavenly realms. Hallelujah. So remember, the blessings of Christ are available to us today. We are children of God and we are in the will of our Father. That's why it is uh, very, very wise to write a will because even our Father in heaven has written a will. Amen? That we should not only be servants, but we should be children and that we should inherit everything together with Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. So remember, this is a blessing. Now, I want to come to the point I mentioned earlier on. Maybe some of you are saying, you know, 
I inherited not blessings, but curse. My parents were ABC. You know, did this and that. You have been reading with me where it says in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse, verse 9, you must not bow down to them or worship them, these other gods, for I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God and I will not tolerate your affection for any other gods. I lay the sins of the parents upon their children. The entire family is affected. Even children in the third and fourth generation of those who reject me. You may say, that is me. So, what am I going to do? Let me tell you, I've got good news for you. You may have inherited a bad reputation. Maybe you have inherited something which was not good at all from your parents or from your grandparents or from your grand-grandparents and you're still suffering under that load. But I want to tell you that in Christ, every curse is broken. Hallelujah. I've got good news for you. You, know, you don't need to remain under the curse which you have received from your parents or grandparents or whoever. You don't need to. You may ask yourself, what can I do? Since I have inherited that curse, I want to tell you, come to Jesus and let him set you free from every curse, from every evil of your past or even the evil of your parents. Because that way, God will turn every curse into a blessing. The Bible tells us and teaches us very clearly that in the Old Testament, when the people of Israel came out of Egypt and the judgment came to the people of Egypt, and not only to the people of Egypt, but even upon the people of Israel, he told them, listen, there's one way how you can break the curse. And that curse can be broken by you putting your trust, not in your wisdom, not in your money, not in whatever you think or have, but you put your hope into the Lamb, which I have prescribed for you. And every family had to slaughter a lamb. And you know, that talks about Jesus Christ. There is a lamb, the lamb of God slaughtered for all of us. And God said, you need to take the blood and apply it to the doorposts. You know, the, doors, the door is an entry point, not only for good things, but also for bad things, isn't it? The door is the entry even of judgment. And so God said, there is a way you can escape the curse. There is a way you can escape judgment by using the blood and put it on the doorposts of your house. And you know, you put it on the, on the vertical and you put it on the horizontal and that makes a cross. And God said, this is the way that you will be free, that no enemy, that no evil force will enter into your life. That every curse will be broken. That you will have deliverance completely and entirely because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah, you can give God a hand. No, no problem. Amen. 
You every now and then hear people are calling for delivery ministries and they, 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 they want to go back to what your parents and your grandparents and your great-grandparents have done. Let me tell you, that is all rubbish. It is all, and I say it again, it is rubbish. It needs to be kicked out from the church because the only way you can be delivered is by the blood of Jesus Christ. Everything else is just in vain. If you are trying to deliver by somebody going back into, into grandparents' ideas, then you are saying the blood of Jesus is not good enough. And that I reject. Because the blood of Jesus is sufficient. Amen. Hallelujah. So apply the blood of Jesus upon your life. And you know, this is what we need. We need to apply the blood of Jesus onto our lives. You know, there are some people who are saying, I've been a Christian for, for 20 years, but I'm still bound. It's, you're bound because you are not serious with God. You're bound because you're not applying the blood of Jesus Christ upon your life. Do it and you will find out that you are free and free indeed. Amen. Hallelujah. So forget about all these other things, you know. I know there are so many people who are trying to sell you something, some water, some oil, some mats, something else, you know. They will try to say, if you do this, then. No, I want to tell you, depend on the blood of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. And I want to invite you. My friends, I want to invite you especially today, this afternoon, we have a service which we call a miracle service. If you have got any problems, if you feel there's a curse upon your life or you need to be delivered from something, you know, I want to invite you. Why don't you come and trust the Lord? Today, just today, we are going to have a very special service. You can be free of every curse, of every problem. Trust the Lord Jesus Christ. The, the, the Bible tells us clearly that there is nothing impossible for those who believe. Amen? Amen? And so I want to tell you, take this opportunity. You may have heard many messages now about the family. And you are saying, well, I've got shortcomings here, shortcomings there, problems here, problems there. I want to tell you, Jesus Christ is given to us as our Lamb of God. And with